We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of Irish Breakdown. It is Monday, June 22nd. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. Joined today by our football analyst, Vince D'Addario. And Vince, today we're going to talk about the Notre Dame safety position heading into the 2020 season. It is a position that, uh, to me, is very interesting. And we'll dive into why, because I could see this position going a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of uncertainty about how just how good or what potential issues might exist at this position. So um, we'll dive into those. But I think before we begin talking about the, the players that return, I do think it's important for us to first start off about what they lost and how the, the void that was was left behind that these younger players have to fill. No, I agree. And, uh, and I think that's very important um, because the, the safety position going into last year, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say that that was one of the positions that we were least worried about on the entire Notre Dame football team. And that's because, you know, the, the return of Aloe Gilman – and the return of Jalen Elliott, you figure, look, those guys were leaders on the team uh, the year before in 2018. So you assume they're going to be leaders on the team in 2019. And that's exactly what they were. And, you know, you and I had had the conversation a few times during the season that, you know, their production probably wasn't what we had maybe forecasted or what maybe we had hoped it would be. From it definitely wasn't position. what it was the year before. Correct. From a pure number standpoint. Correct. And, and, Frankly, they didn't play their best football all season long. 
Um, and we saw it and we talked about it. And you know, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get here at Irish Breakdown. And we're going to be honest about it. And, you know, the fact that you and I both love both of those guys. I mean, they are leaders uh, on the defense. They're leaders on the team. They were both elected as captains uh, on last year's squad. So, I mean, they brought a lot to the table from that position, which frankly allowed uh, Hamilton to get on the field. Uh, when you have two guys of that caliber, of that leadership, uh, that know the defense, that know where they're supposed to be at all times, you can bring in a true freshman like Kyle Hamilton, who has all the talent in the world, but may not understand everything that has to do with the defense, but he doesn't have to because right. of those two guys. And I think that that's something that's important because a lot of that focus was put on Kyle Hamilton what an, and what a great player he was. And he is. There's, we're not taking away anything from Kyle Hamilton. But if there wasn't the experience coming back at the safety position in uh, Elliott and uh, in uh, Aloy Gilman, you couldn't put Kyle Hamilton out there and just let him play. And I think that that needs to be brought up because that's a big loss at that position. And I, and I think, too, I think part of the thing that people have to understand about why the safety position wasn't as productive last year, a big part of that is because they were asked to do a lot different uh they were asked to do a lot of different things last year compared to what they were asked to do in 2018. And a big part of that is because of the inexperienced linebacker. In 2018, the safeties could kind of focus on, you know, they would they would be support players, but they could focus more on the pass game because they had Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney in front of them and had a very veteran defensive line and very good corners. So they could focus a lot on the alleys. They could focus on slot receivers. They could focus on playing the post. They could focus on coming down as, as you know, uh, run fits and, and, and do a lot of those kind of things. Well, in 2020, in 2019, you lose Jalen, uh, Julian Love at corner. So there's a position you have to kind of protect a little bit more. You've lost Coney and Tranquil. And so now there's a lot more responsibility on the safeties from a communication standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from getting guys lined up standpoint, uh, from a playmaking standpoint. They were asked to do a lot of different things, especially Jalen Elliott, who was forced to play a lot more coverage, a lot more middle of the field stuff last year than he was in 2018. So I think that was part of it too. And then Alohi Gilman was battling an injury earlier in the season that, that of course, I didn't find out about till after the season because that's right. who Alohi Gilman is. He's exactly. not going to make any excuses for anything. But I think that as the season got wore on, I think his play got better, and a lot of that had to do with him healing up and, and getting past that injury. So I think that is, that's a big factor, and now you've lost that. Now the counter is, okay, now you're going to have a much less experienced group of safeties, but you're going to have a more experienced linebacking core. But my concern is when you look at the combination of inexperience at, at safety with the inexperience or lack of proven playmakers at corner, that to me is probably my biggest concern heading into the 2020 season when I look at if things don't go well for the defense, here's why. Mm -hmm. And... um you know, so so that's kind of where where I'm coming from on on this one is, I that combination does make me a little nervous, but there's some other things that do make me very excited about what this group could do. Well, and, and we've we've talked about the fact that Kyle Hamilton is ready to take that next step, but it's going to be a mental step. You know, he's going to be expected to do a lot of things back there in the back end of that defense because he's the returning guy. 
And I, I think that that's going to be something that's important to watch. Are we saying that he can't handle it? No, we are not saying that. What we are saying is uh, he's going to be playing a different game than he did before. You know, before he was allowed to play center field and, and when he had to come up and, and, and run support, he came up and run support. He didn't have to think about anything else. And now he's going to be asked to do a little bit more. And, and that's all part of the maturation process of any college football player. But sometimes it happens quicker for some guys than others. And, and there's going to be a lot on his shoulders. And so you're going to have a lot of guys back there with not a lot of experience. And they're going to be looking at Kyle Hamilton for some leadership. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for sure uh, going into the season. Now that kind of gets us into the, the 2020 group and, and the expectations because what fans have to understand is this isn't as simple as taking what Kyle Hamilton did in 2019 and then just putting it back at a, you know 20 extra reps. There's a lot more to this than that. It's the leadership, the communication, and that's why it was so important for us to focus on what was lost because it's not as simple as, okay, Kyle Hamilton is going to play 25 more snaps per game. There are now things he was not asked to do, to your point. He was not asked to make sure the linebackers were lined up, the corners lined up. Now, he did some of that because he is a smart player. But as you said, a lot of that burden was was on Alohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott. So, um, you, you know, that that's kind, of, that's kind of where I look at it and say, hey um, – that that's got to be discussed before we can get into how athletic he is and and how much of a playmaker he is. That's got to that role's got to be filled, and it's not just him. It's Houston Griffith. It's Isaiah Pryor. Absolutely. And to me, that to me is the biggest question mark. It's not that they're not talented. I think there's a lot of talent coming back at safety. It, it's not. Well, let me rephrase. There's not a lot of players coming back at safety, but the guys coming back are are good football players. Sure. And at least one of them has a chance to be a great football player. Another one has a chance to be a really good football player. A third is an experienced guy that's a good, solid player. And then there's a couple other guys that you see, you know, what's their role going to be? But the biggest thing that has to get figured out is that leadership and communication thing because you can't have two safeties that aren't communicating because what are the what's the two positions on the field, and there's only two, that can literally see everything in front of them? It's the safeties. They're the ones that are barking things out to linebackers and to corners, and then that leads to linebackers communicating to defensive linemen, things like that. So that's the big part for me that has to get picked up and solved before we start talking about the playmaking aspect of what this group could be in 2020. Well, and you make a good point about the fact that they're the only ones that can see everything. It's a lot like the catcher in baseball, right? I mean, they have the whole field in front of them, and when you have a big picture like that, it's just easier – to see and that's why they have to communicate to the whole entire defense i mean that that's just the job of a safety i remember playing safety when i was younger and i was also a catcher and they're very similar positions in that you can see everything you can get people lined up you can dial it in for everybody because you just have a different point of view and that's where you need to find leaders and i think that kyle hamilton can be and and is potentially that leader uh, for the defense, but he's still only a rising sophomore. So that has to be taken into account. Um, but it's exciting. I Like you said, there's not a ton of guys back there, but the guys that are back there, I at least have a lot of faith in. And it's just going to be, can it translate to the field? And, you know, we'll get into talking about every individual player, obviously, coming up. But uh, there's talent here. And if it's played correctly, and if the guys buy into what they're being asked to do, I think this could be a positive position for Notre Dame's defense. 
So that leads us kind of to Vince. To me, when I look at this group, so you, you say, okay, so then what should the expectation be for the safeties in 2020? Because what I what I don't think we can say is, and I think you and I agree on this, we can't expect them to do what Jalen Elliott and Elohi Gilman did. Correct. Because it's it's a different situation. The defense is different. Their experience level is different. They're going to be asked to do different things. So what are the expectations? I think the one thing that I would say is, they have to improve their ability to communicate. They have to be able to make correct calls. And so that's obviously important. That's an expectation. Do they have to provide the leadership off the field and even on the field that Elliott and, and Gilman did? No, that should not be asked of them. Ask them to know the calls, know the checks, be prepared, know the game plan, and say, hey, when they line up in three by one, you've got to make this call. When they line up in two by two, you got to make this call. If they go two by two and motion to three by one, this is the call you got to make. Right, those right. kind of things. Hey, the X's reduces splits to six yards. Uh, when that happens, we know this is coming. So hey, I got to alert the corner. Hey, you know, dig, dig, dig. You know, something like that. Those are the kind of things that you're you're going to need these younger players to to pick up and learn. Okay, so that's part of it. But I think the other thing is th- th- by placing less of that expectation on them because they're younger players. The question is how prepared can the stat how how prepared will they be? to where they can then take advantage of the fact that I do think that there are some athletic advantages that this group brings over the group that left. And I think that the, the two guys that I expect to start, and in a perfect world, it would be Houston Griffith and Kyle Hamilton. I think that those two as a group are, are more dynamic, more explosive than the group that departed. And, and so I think there's an expectation of, okay, well, can this group provide more playmaking ability? And so here's the question for me, Vince, that we'll see, and and neither of us know the answer because we're going to find out in the fall. I expect there to be more big plays given up this year than last year in the past game. The question is, will the plays they make overcome, like balance that out to where they make more plays than they give up? I just think, I think that's going to happen. I think it'd be, you know, earlier in the season, we might see that. We might see a mistake against Navy, for example, that's going to result in a long touchdown pass because of the inexperience that they bring. But then we're, we'll see that group make some plays in that game. And, and so I think that's what we're going to see is they may give up a couple, you know, a couple more extra long passing plays than we saw last year. But I also think that, that we'll see more plays on the ball, I think, than we saw last year. And, and by that, I mean pass breakups, interceptions, and also plays at the line near the line of scrimmage on completed passes. So, you know, a screen pass that gets caught and Griffith or Hamilton reads it perfectly and blows it up. Right for a minus yep. two or a two. Right. To me, that's an impact play. Okay, so that's the balance we're going to have to find out. Is how can that group can that can that how is that going to balance out? And so, I think at the end of the day, however, just how good this group is going to be is not just about one player, but for it to be an elite group, one player has to play at a high level, and that's Kyle Hamilton. And and look, Vince, my opinion on Kyle Hamilton is very well known. Uh, I was the first person to rank him as a five-star player. Never backed off of that. Uh, he's a stud. But my concern is, and I want your thoughts on this, I wonder if Kyle Hamilton could have a really good year this year and some might look at him as disappointing because of the hype and the pressure that's been getting put on him. I think Kyle Hamilton has a chance to be a star. My fear is are are some of us expecting him to be 
a star a little bit sooner than maybe we should be expecting him to play, which to be, which is more of a as a sophomore, he's going to make mistakes, he's going to miss tackles, he's going to give up big plays, but he's also going to make a ton of plays. And are, are too many people going to expect him to 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 bring the elite playmaking ability that he has, but then also ask him and expect him to be as uh, schematically and experientially, you know, productive and sound as Alohi Gilman or Jalen Elliott, and that's my one concern about Kyle Hamilton going into the season. Well, and I'll, I'll even take it a step further. Um, you know, he could be potentially a star as a sophomore, but it might not be just the electric plays that everybody is looking for every snap of every game. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that. You know, statistically, I think that uh, overall, you know, what he's able to bring to the table, I, I think he's going to be one of the best safeties in the country. But those flashy, you know, interceptions and and things that people are anticipating that he's going to be able to take his game to as a sophomore may not come until he's a junior. But I think overall, he's still going to be looked at as one of the best safeties in the country. It's just, I don't know that it's going to look like what people think it's going to look like. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, it does, and that that's my concern is, like, look, he's going to make a ton of sports y type of plays. Sure. But how much nitpicking of his game are we going to see? And, and that's my concern is are, are we going to say, well, you know, yeah, he made that play, but – and we've seen this before. You know, it's like people <laughs> – used to drive me nuts. People would, would, would talk about Will Fuller and, and how great Will Fuller was. Like, yeah, but he, he dropped too many balls. And I'd be like, well, when did he ever drop a ball when it mattered? Right. You know what I mean? Um. So it's kind of like, uh, it's like, okay, he's going to give up play. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to make misses. Do people focus too much on that as opposed to what he brings to the game? And that's really what my concern is. But as far as being a playmaker, I think he's going to be a big-time playmaker. And, you know, you look at the range. There were times, and this is what is great about Kyle Hamilton. He has eraser skills. And, and eraser skills can mean one of two things. And one is you either have eraser skills that you can kind of make up for your own mistakes. Two is you, you have the kind of eraser skills where you can make up for other people's mistakes. And the, the truly great players have the skills to do both. Jalen Smith was an eraser in every form possible. Whereas a guy like Drew Tranquil was more of an eraser of other people's mistakes. But when he made a mistake, he wasn't quite dynamic enough to where he could then overcome it and still make a play. Right? Julian Love could not overcome his own mistakes and make a, still make a play. I, I point to the beginning of the 2018 season against Michigan when he had a really bad transition and just wasn't fast enough to catch up to Nico Collins, who's not exactly a burner, and gave up a 54-yard completion, right? If he made a mistake, he wasn't good enough to overcome it, right? And very few players can do that. Jalen Smith good. Kyle Hamilton can. And there was a play, I, I think it was against Louisville, first game of the year. He took a bad angle. I think it was a wheel route. Uh, and he took a bad angle to it, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, this is going to be a big play. And he he, he kind of just wheeled up and just got to the ball. And I, when the ball left the quarterback's hands, I'm thinking, uh, there's no way he's going to get to that. And he did because he's just such – because he combines two things. Number one is the, the play in, in question, it wasn't a – it was an intelligent play because he knew what was happening, but he took a bad angle. And so he got himself out of position. So his combination of, of instincts and intelligence allowed him to quickly recognize that he did make a mistake. But if Jalen Elliott would have quickly recognized he made a mistake, the ball's caught. 
right? And he tackles right. him for a 25-yard gain. But Kyle Hamilton is so athletic and so rangy that when he made that mistake, he was able to get to the ball. There was another play later in the year against Boston College where they ran a corner route on him, and he just did a horrible job defending the corner route. But he's so athletic that he closed on the tight end and broke up the pass. So he can he has eraser skills of his own mistakes, and that's rare. Not many players have that kind of ability. Jalen Smith did, and really he's the last Notre Dame player, in my opinion, that had that kind of ability. And Kyle Hamilton has that. And that's big. So that's going to allow him to, to, to even when he does make mistakes, he's, it, fans are going to look at the pass breakup. And they're like, what a great play. And then they're going to be like, why are you nitpicking? Because you're talking about how he made the mistake. And I'm like, well, that's my job. I'm an analyst. I have to point out that he made that mistake. But that's the kind of player that Kyle Hamilton is, is even if he makes a mistake, and every player makes mistakes, he's got the kind of ability that he can overcome some of those mistakes. And that's huge. But he's also athletic enough where he can overcome other people's mistakes. And that's where I'm curious to see how they're going to use him this year, Vince. Because if you use him as an alley player, that's fine. He can be great as an alley player, as a coverage player, and as a run defender because he's got those traits. But you then leave your corners on more violence. Do you, or do you play him as more of a middle-of-the-field player or a, a post player to where he's now protecting the corners more. Now that's gonna that might limit his ability to be an all-around playmaker. But I think by doing that, he may not make as many quote-unquote plays because the ball won't be thrown, or he you know may not be, get broken up. But it's gonna force quarterbacks to think twice about: Do I really want to make that post throw? Well, and, and so think- that's the. Let me just finish. This. So that's the point where I will then say, okay, no, he didn't make a play. Like the pass was a five-yard checkdown that was tackled on third and ten. But Kyle Hamilton made that play because the quarterback wanted to throw that backside post, but Hamilton read it and got there, and then you took took away the throwing lane, right? And so that's where I'm curious to see how they're going to use him this year. So I just uh, please respond to that because I like that's the interesting <laughs> thing about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to kind of finish explaining. No, you pretty much said exactly what I was going to say because him being back there, the subtleness of him being back there and preventing the throw in the first place just tends to go unnoticed by your average fan, right? Especially ones that are watching it on TV because they're not getting the all-22 look like we get up in the press box where we see why the quarterback didn't make that throw. And it might not pop out to people that, oh, well, he didn't make that throw because Kyle Hamilton was there. It would, it you know, the focus is going to be on whoever made the tackle or, or you know whatever the case may be, and and fourteen may never even end up in the picture, you know, and, and I think that that's where his brilliance is, and I I will say that word that is where his brilliance in coverage uh, is going to be lost by some mm-hmm. people because you're just not going to see it, but it's going to be so effective and is going to have such an effect on what the offense is trying to do, what the play caller is trying to do, what the quarterback is trying to do. It's going to have such an effect that they are going to know where 14 is on the field on every single play. Assuming Kyle puts in the work this offseason and is locked in and has the right attitude, and I expect him to do all those things sure. because I've never heard anything other than him being that kind of guy. But I have to. that's a kind of a caveat you use for every player, right? Of course, yeah. Um, if you're going to get him and beat him, you better do it early. Because the one thing we learned, and this was the amazing thing, do you remember last year in fall camp how bad he was in coverage? Oh, he was terrible. I mean, he was getting torched the first two weeks, and and it was like, but it, he would he would it would be like a move that he hadn't seen before, but you were never going to beat him on that same move again. And so by the time we got halfway through fall camp, he'd kind of seen everything. 
you know, like there were no more moves you could fool him with. Yeah, right. And that's when he started to really lock down. So that's the other thing about Kyle is I don't think fan. Look, it's easy to look at a guy's athletic ability, and Kyle has that athletic ability that stands out. It's six four, and he's over two hundred pounds, and he's athletic and range, you know, those kind of things. But he's a really smart player too. And to me, a smart player is the, exactly what I just talked about. You may get me once, but you're not going to do that on me again. Mm-hmm. And and that's really to me what separates the guys that are playmakers from the guys that are truly elite players. And a playmaker is someone who who can just get by on athleticism. A truly elite player is someone who has the combination of intelligence and athleticism. And that's Kyle Hamilton. And that's why I think he is going to be so good because the things that I'm concerned about him getting beat with are going to be things that you're not going to beat him with in game 11. It's right. going to happen in game one through five. Uh, and again, it just boils down to how does Notre Dame use him? And is it some weeks they're going to use him as a, you know, cause it's like, it could be like this. If you're playing a team that's got a quarterback, that's got a big arm that you you're afraid of them beating you over the top a lot. You may want to have him playing free safety. So for example, or a team that's got really good receivers. So when you're playing Clemson, you may want him being more of a middle of the field free safety guy that he can kind of protect against some of those seam routes and deep routes that Clemson beat Notre Dame with a couple years ago in the playoff. Against a team like USC, that's going to do more quick game, those kind of things. You may want him playing more as an alley player, defending the slots, those kind of things. So it could even be a thing where they use him differently each week. That question now gets into how quickly can Kyle pick up those diverse skills. And the faster he can pick those things up, I think the more freedom it's going to give Clark Lee to use him. Because like like the thing that, that frustrated me so much about Jalen Smith is that Brian Van Gorder just kind of lined him up and just played that one spot. And it was so frustrating that they didn't use him for all. Like he, he he should have blitzed so much more. He should have done so many different things. They could have used him in coverage more. Like he should have he should have been a fifteen plus tackle for loss guy in a real defense. Right. And in the Clark Lee Mike Elko defense, he would have been that. Or more. And, right. And so with Kyle, it's like you don't want to put too much on him early. But the more he picks up, okay, I can play the alley. Okay, I can play post. Okay, I can play over the top. I can do all these different things, and he's comfortable with them all. The more freedom that gives Clark Lee to use him as a weapon, and not every player can be used that way. And and I'll use the Jay, like the Drew Tranquil versus Jalen Smith example. Drew Tranquil was a heck of a linebacker, but there were limitations to what he could do. There were no limitations to what Jalen Smith could do. And Kyle Hamilton's that kind of player. He could do anything, uh, skill set wise and intelligence wise, and how quickly he 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 picks that up is going to go a long way towards how impactful he can be in the defense and not just making plays on the ball, but those other things that we talked about. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. And I, I do believe that, you know, based on everything we're hearing, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that he's going to be that guy that they can move around. And he's going to give that that extra something to Clark Lee in the secondary. You know, he can bring him up and play him in the box. He can play him in the back and center field. I mean, it really just depends on what – you want to do with your defense and what they're going up against offensively. I really think he can be that guy. And we've said it before. You had mentioned that, you know, if you're going to fool him, you're going to fool him in games one through five, right? Well, Notre Dame's schedule works out perfectly for that sort of a learning mm-hmm. curve, right? Yes. I mean, you know, the, the the front end of their schedule with Navy, Arkansas, Western Mission, Wake Forest uh, I'm okay if, if Kyle Hamilton makes a couple of mistakes in those games. Mm-hmm. I don't want him making mistakes, like you said, in games you know, 10, 11, and 12 against Clemson, Louisville, you know, USC. That's not what I want. So mm-hmm. 
the schedule sets up very well for him. And I think by the time you get to midseason, I think you're going to see a Kyle Hamilton that we are going to be looking to see where 14 is uh, every game and kind of how they're using him. And, and I think it's going to be a benefit to Notre Dame. Yeah, for me, it's almost – it's actually the way I, I handle players like Kyle Hamilton, if he gets to the point you're talking about, it's going to be that's what I'm going to be doing on film. But during the game, I'm not going to be paying attention to Kyle Hamilton <laughs> because it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, he's got that locked up. He's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, no, that's a good point. Right. But 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 he'll he'll make his presence felt because he's just such a playmaker. And and at times I really felt like Jalen Elliott was a guy that often got overlooked because he didn't he wouldn't always make a lot of plays. But if you broke the film down, you're like, yeah, but look, he did such a good job here and he kept this. And, and so he didn't make the flashy plays. Kyle's always going to make the flashy plays. Oh, yeah. But what separates him to me is that I think he can also do those non-flashy things really well because he is a really smart uh, young man and not just smart in the classroom I'm more referring to because I don't you know I, I, I don't study their GPA right I don't study their success in the classroom <laughs> I based on where he went to high school I can assure you he's a really good student yeah but I just think his intelligence as a young man as a football player uh, is what I'm referring to here and and that's something that I think often gets overlooked with him he's not just a long or great athlete he's also an instinctive football player now, when you look at Houston Griffith, he's kind of the opposite of Kyle Hamilton in that he's more about the headiness, the steadiness uh, potential than he is about being a great athlete. He's not that eraser kind of player. And for me, Vince, I think Houston Griffith holds the key to whether or not the safety position is going to be elite this season. Because to me, of all the safeties on the roster after Kyle Hamilton, he's the one that has the most talent and the most potential. Now, He's not an elite athlete, but he is smart. He's instinctive. He has all the traits you need. He's long. But my question with Houston is, is he going to is he going to have the right attitude? Is he going to put in the work? You know, those are things that I think he needs to prove. Uh, you know, because all of his issues aren't just about him moving back and forth from position to position. He's got to let it rip. He's got to let it go. He's got to take this opportunity and run with it. And if he does that, Yes, like Kyle Hamilton, he'll make mistakes early in the season, but by the time this duo kind of gets on the same page, you're going to you're going to have very very good safety play at Notre Dame. And if he doesn't emerge, however, then I think you're going to have to be be kind of putting players with with bigger holes in their game kind of matching up wise and you're going to have some problems with that second safety position at Notre Dame. That's my opinion, Vince. What do you think about that? Well, and everybody has to remember, you know, how many times that Houston Griffith's gotten tossed around different positions and things like that. And he came in as a pretty highly touted safety um, out of high school. And he just hasn't had an opportunity to reach that potential because of, you know, depth chart issues at, at safety. So they moved him to corner. Didn't super pan out for him at corner. I mean, let's be honest. He He's a safety, right? I mean, he's where you and I both believe, and I'm sure the coaching staff now has come to the realization Houston Griffith is a safety, so he's where he's supposed to be, and you're right. I think the combination of the two of them can be absolutely electric when it's all said and done, and I'm very interested to see how it works out uh, because, you know, since he's been tossed around, he hasn't had a chance to get comfortable. Well, now he's had a chance to get comfortable at safety, and the one practice we saw, um, and, and granted, there was no pads, you know, is a glorified walkthrough, but they were going at full speed. The way he was running around back there, oh, yeah. man, did he look comfortable. And you can tell when a guy's comfortable and when a guy is hesitant, whether he's thinking too much or, or, or whatever the case may be, he was comfortable. And it just looked natural 
to have him back there at safety. And if that is just a piece of what we're going to see in the fall, look, there's going to be growing pains. There's no question about that. But again, the schedule sets up perfectly for growing pains. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think by the time, again, once you get to mid-season, I think those guys are going to be playing off each other so, so well. And I think this could be just a dynamic duo back there. And it needs to be because they're going to need to help Look, they're the key to whether or not corner becomes a problem. Because here's the way I look at it. It's kind of like a domino. If the safety position doesn't play as well, then the corner position will be negatively impacted, which then means the defensive line is negatively impacted because teams are going to be more able to do things with maybe max protections or moving the pocket or getting the ball out quickly to where they can better take advantage of attacking the secondary. And so that's why I feel like if the safety position plays well, they can kind of negate any issues that might come up a cornerback, which then means you can't just drop back and pick the secondary apart, which then means the defensive line is able to just let it rip and go attack. And that's the ideal situation for this Notre Dame defense to be elite again. So while I wouldn't say the safety position is the ultimate key, because the key is the defensive line. They have to play well. Oh, for sure. Uh, But I will say if the defensive line in the front seven is as good as we think it will be, then that key to Notre Dame being an elite defense beyond that, to me, is the safety position. And now if those two players step up and are what they need to be at this relative stage of their careers, again, I'm not asking Kyle Hamilton as a sophomore to play like what Kyle Hamilton as a senior or rookie in the NFL might play like, but if he plays to what I think his expectations should be as a sophomore, if Houston Griffith plays his expectations as a junior, now what you have is a really ideal situation because now you have three other safeties that bring skill sets that you like but but also have bigger holes in their game. And that's Isaiah Pryor, the grad transfer from Ohio State. That's DJ Brown, and that's Litchfield Ajavon. Now those guys can now be used, whoever is that number three, number four safety, now those guys can be used to fill roles that they are good in. So you're not going to ask Isaiah Pryor now, if Griffith and, and Hamilton are good and, and really ready to go, he's going he's gonna to have his rotation reps. But then now when you go to three safeties, you're allowing Isaiah Pryor to be an alley player, a box yes. player. And you're limiting his need to be in coverage, which is yep. where I don't think he's very good. Yes. Uh, if he has to start and play 50, 60 snaps a game, you're now going to be able to greater to a greater degree see that exposed. And if he's playing 20, 30 snaps a game, uh, or if even if he's playing 40, 50 snaps a game, but it's because they're in a three-safety look, now you're you're in a really good situation because there are some teams on a schedule that like a, maybe a Wake Forest or a USC where I could see a scenario where they put Jeremiah Wusu in the box against mm-hmm. these really pass-heavy teams and use him a lot as a blitzer and a run defender and then you put Isaiah Pryor as kind of that rover type of fifth, yes. you know, third safety, where now he can defend the run, he can play tight ends, but you're not asking him to go cover, you know, uh, uh, St. Brown down the middle of the field because he's going to have a safety plane over the top, right? So, so if if the other two step up, then that gives you that extra weapon. And as we've seen with Clark Lee in his two years in Notre Dame, if you give him an asset that is limited in some areas, he's going to find a way to use that asset effectively and that but but that can't happen if Houston Griffith doesn't step up and then now that 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 lessens the impact that Isaiah Pryor can do 
can have because he's now being asked to do things that his game isn't ideally suited for. So it's all a domino thing, man. And if things go well, then then all of a sudden you, you it's going to go better and better and better. And the same thing with DJ Brown. DJ Brown's a similar player. I don't want DJ Brown playing in coverage all day. But I do think he can bring some instincts. He can jump route. I mean, he can do some alley things. He can kind of be that that underneath safety. Maybe he can play a little bit of cover four and into the boundary, things like that, where you can now use him as a spot player. Same with Litchfield Ajavon. So, you know, none of those guys are great cover players. And if Houston Griffith doesn't pan out or gets hurt, one of those guys is being thrust into a role where he's going to have to cover more than you'd ideally like to see him cover. And that's where we could see a season long. Uh, you know, some issues season long where if the D line doesn't get to the quarterback, then then you may you may be susceptible. And we saw that an example of that is the 2018 playoff game against Clemson. When you took Julian Love off the field and you put in Dante Vaughn, I love Dante Vaughn, great kid, but he is not Julian Love. And his mistakes meant the four look, they got pressure on Trevor Lawrence a lot in that game. The reality is when you play teams like Trevor Lawrence, or play quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence and teams like Clemson, when you don't get to the quarterback and he does occasionally get a free pocket, which is going to happen, he's going to hurt you. And that's a secondary issue. And we saw that, you know, when, when Julian Love was in the game, Clemson couldn't throw the ball downfield on Notre Dame hardly at all, right? But when you take him out, all of a sudden you had those issues. And that that's my big fear about this defense. That's the one thing that I could see keeping this defense from really being – a top 10 unit is that second safety position has to has to settle. And look, with all due respect to Isaiah Pryor, there's a reason he wasn't starting at Ohio State and why his playing time was diminished over time. Because as good as he is in certain roles, he's not a complete player. And he has limitations in coverage and and you know that that cost him playing time. And that's why at Notre Dame he needs to be kind of that third safety as a rotation guy or a, a alley box guy and not someone that you're asking to be a full-time starter in your defense. Well, I think through that description, I, I think your evaluation of Isaiah Pryor is pretty much right on. He He's, I guess my description would be, he's kind of a, a poor man's Jeremiah Wusukormoa, right? I mean, he can play, or, or I should say maybe a poor man's Rover, right? So, um, I think that he could play that rover position, obviously not as well as the current rover, um, but that that's more where his talents are going to come into play. I think he's going to be a box player. I think he's going to be an alley player. Um, I don't want him playing center field as a safety. So, you know, if Houston Griffith doesn't pan out, that's going to be a problem. Um, mm-hmm. I think as as the rotational guy, as the third safety coming in, he can focus on doing what he does well. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be so important because people aren't going to realize what he doesn't do well. You know, it's going to fit within the scheme of the defense. And I would not be surprised in any way to see three safeties on the field at times. And that's one of the reasons I think Isaiah Pryor picked Notre Dame in the first place mm-hmm. is because Notre Dame had that three safety look at times uh, last season when he was trying to pick what school he was going to go to. And, they can utilize him in that three safety mm-hmm. look and they will utilize him in that three safety look. And so I think that the perfect storm for Notre Dame is if Isaiah Pryor is not a starter. Now, is he going to impact this team? Yes. No right. question. I, I absolutely believe that. Uh, and, and I also think that, that DJ Brown is going to impact this defense. Okay. But your starters have to be Griffith and they have to be Hamilton end of discussion. And those other guys, 
can be compliments and they can be put in position to do what they do well and to make the defense better. And that's just the way that I see it shaking out to be the most effective at the safety position this year. You you nailed it. I mean, and that that's the key is because one guy panning out means that you're going to get more out of out of Isaiah Pryor, right? And DJ Brown and Litchfield Ajavon, who I who I you know think is a, another good smart player that could help them if he's allowed to be in a niche role as opposed to an every down player. Because the other thing too, and I didn't mention this, and I think this is kind of what you were hinting at is if Isaiah Pryor is your starting safety, that's also going to impact Kyle Hamilton. Absolutely. Because now you're forcing him to have to be in a situation where he's probably going to have to play more middle-of-the-field type of stuff on a regular basis. Because I don't think, like you said, I don't think that's something you want Isaiah Pryor doing. And so now it limits, I believe, some of the things you can do with him. Because I do think Houston Griffith can play middle-of-the-field, not to the level how Kyle Hamilton can, but I do think he can play alley. I think he can play down in the box. I think he can play middle-of-the-field. I think he can play the post. I think he can do all those all those things. And now he's just got to go step up and, and seize it, take that take that opportunity, and run with it. Uh, and, and if he can, then the prediction I'm going to make about the safety unit is going to come true. And that is, if Houston Griffith is a good player this year, again, I'm not asking Houston Griffith to go be an All American. Just be a good player. If he's a good player this year, I think the production from the safety position will blow away what we saw from safety last year. And and that that's that's not a knock on the guys last year. I just think this group is going to get put in more situations yes. that they're going to be allowed to add, to be able to make plays uh, for a host of reasons. Um, and and that's where that's where I'm coming from. So uh, that's where I see uh, that's my prediction for this group. Yeah, it's just gonna, it's going to be a different looking group. I mean, they're they're again they're not going to be asked to do the same things that the last group was asked to do. They they don't have C's on their uh, uniforms, right? I mean. It's just going to be different, but I think it's going to be a different. Uh, it's going to be different because of the way that they're asked to contribute to this team, and I think that's going to equal better production. All right, if that makes any kind of sense. Uh, but they're not going to ask to be captains. I mean, they're just not. That's not the role they're going to be asked to be right now. Could that change a year or two down the line? Absolutely, but that's not the position that they're going to be in this year. And I think that that's a good thing. If we were counting on. Uh, Kyle Hamilton and Houston Griffith and those guys to be captains, I think that speaks to a bigger problem on this team. And that's not saying it, that's not taking anything away from those two guys. They're just not it, at that stage in their development yet. That's exactly right. right. They're not ready yet, and and they will be potentially, but that's not where they're at right now. So um, you're right. I think that this could be a dynamic uh, group, and if they're used correctly, which I have all the faith in in Clark Lee and and. Uh, I have faith that the the depth chart is going to break down how we think it's going to break down. I think this group could be special. I really do. And and they're going to be together for a little bit, which is even better. And that is great, Vince. I agree with you completely. That's very good analysis. And that is how we're going to end our show. So that is it for our safety breakdown. We will be back on Wednesday with a breakdown of an offensive position group. Uh, make sure you're staying locked into irishbreakdown.com for all the latest with Notre Dame recruiting, Notre Dame team analysis, and we'll continue to. We're wrapping up the receiver position, going to start breaking down the offensive line, and then the rest of June, actually will be, by that time we get through the offensive line, will be in July. But July we'll start breaking down the defensive players. So make sure you stay locked into irishbreakdown.com. Thanks for being with us, and have a great rest of your week.
Thank you.